Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is officially the biggest weekend of the British racing calendar with the Derby and Oaks, the two major three-year-old classics this weekend at Epsom, supported by a cracking undercard as well, the Coronation Cup and a couple of tidy group threes to look forward to. Hopefully to try and find the winners with me of these big races is Big Jim Watson. How are we, mate? Doing really well. Um, Aidan O'Brien's thrown a serious spanner in the works in the last couple of hours uh, to the to the Derby lineup and the news that Mr. Baffert's um, not going to be training at Churchill for, or having any runners at Churchill for a while will be interesting. It's been a topsy-turvy week, but hopefully the Derby will produce a quality horse to sort of get get us all excited about the three-year-old season. Yeah, it will be. What, Jim, what, do you prefer the Derby at Epsom or the Kentucky Derby? Um, it depends. I like the fact that the Kentucky Derby, if it's, if it's raining and it's sloppy, it's just like running at Blackpool Beach. I like that aspect of it. But I do... At least this year we won't have the which horse of Aidan O'Brien's is actually trying to win this race. And is he seriously a pacemaker? <laughs> um, which we saw last year, last year with Serpentine. So at least we know he's going in with one dart and that dart will probably land him the treble 20 that is required. So um, I think I might edge for the derby. Even though in the recent years, I feel like the derby's just just been poor and really not, just not very good, I don't think. Yeah, well, they have the run for the roses, don't they, Jim? The way things are going in Britain, Epsom will soon be the chase of the cheesecake. <laughs> you were waiting for that. Oh, mate, I, wrote, I even wrote that down. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I came up with that when I was running the other day and I thought, oh, that's, that's one of the best things I've ever, I've ever thought. I never thought, I've told Jim another cheesecake-related story earlier as well, which if anyone wants any bonus, podcast bonus, uh, I'll tell it you as well via DM. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my, my weekend was strange. Uh, the Derby then this year, Jim, like you said, we need a good horse to win it, don't we? Because when I, when I was first kind of getting to the spot, the first Derby I watched was 2007, authorised. And then, in, you know, in the following few years, you had a new approach, see the stars, workforce, uh, Paul Moir, Camelot, you know, all, all good horses. More often than not, though, Jimmy, you know, across the past five, five years or so, barring Golden Horn, really, the best horse to win the Derby hasn't very often been the winner. Yeah, we, we, we've often seen, like you said, the horses finishing strongly in behind have, have turned out to be the better. Um, uh, of course, Barry Massar, whose injury I think potentially could have ruled him out of being a decent animal. And, and um, you look at the other years and, and there's been some fair upsets. And this year it looks like there's a lot of writing on the wall for Bolshoi Ballet, but We've seen these upsets happen in this sort of race, and it's it's a race that you can never really predict what will happen. Yeah, it is. It's a, I mean, there's there's almost a romantic article. I saw I saw an article in the Irish Field today. I think it was by was it Ronan Groom, the, the man might have been called that that likened the Derby to the FA Cup. You know, that the, the old romantics hate the fact that it isn't what it once was, but. I guess it's, a, it's kind of a case of the tail mugging the dog. You know, you want you, you want you want your good races to be won by good horses, and, and consistently when when they aren't really being doing like last. I mean, last last year's race was a farce. Emmett McNamara got it spot on, but it was a it was an absolute farce in behind. You know, and apart from that, I still think Anthony Van Dyke was. Slightly underrated, but you know he wasn't a world beater, was he? And then, like you said, going back to Massar, I mean, like said, Wings of Eagles, and not none of them would stand out as as being particularly good horses. So we need a good one to win it this season, Jim. Uh, you know, and, and be rewarded with a 
a cracking book of national hunt mares. <laughs> I know if you win the derby now, you're a prime candidate for a national hunt horse. So I think it, it, it's mental. It genuinely, it blows my mind. But it, I guess, I guess people have kind of realised that, 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 that the, the breed can't be sustained on cheap speed. You know, and I, I kind of, I kind of feel and get the vibe that things are coming a little bit swinging back in the way of people wanting middle distance horses again, again now. But when you look at the likes of you know Crystal Ocean just going immediately to the national home, you think, oh well, you know, what what other options do we have really? Uh, I'm going to be honest, you might think Bolshoi Valley needs to win this race. I think he's the only one with that sort of star quality about him. And I think the best result for the sport is for Bolshoi Valley to win this and go on and be a proper, proper top-class open company, middle-distance group one animal. That being said, though, it's, you know, it's you can make cases for others. Yeah, you could, but let's just cast our minds back. The last time Aidan O'Brien had one runner in the derby was in 2004 with Meath, uh, Jamie Spencer Road, and he was 14th of 14. Now, as well with Bolshoi Ballet, we're recording this on the Wednesday, we'll find out the draw for the derby tomorrow on Thursday. If he gets balloted with that hell of a draw of, of probably five or below, the, the most recent winners you you see in your higher numbers in your 12, uh, I think certain times in 12, um, 7 and 10, uh, and nine, 14, 9 and 8 in the last six years. So you want to be in that middle pack. You don't want to be too too low and you don't want to be too high. But with the amount of runners that I don't think will be going this year, I don't think there'll be that many runners. Um, so Bolshoi Ballet at the moment, what price did you say he was, Lou? Five to four, mate, best price is even money with most firms. I wouldn't, as much as I think he has got the best chance in this race, I wouldn't be probably steaming in in a race that has quite some unpredictability about it. Oh, I would be, mate. I, I, I think he might end up being head and shoulders above this lot. You know, actually so impressive in the Derry's town. I, I love it when a horse is able to set in a race in five or six strides, and that's what Bolshoi Bolle did. Once he quickened, he was gone. And just that sort of tactical speed, especially when the second favourite is a Guineas winner in McSweeney, but a horse that I have never felt was a quickener. Yeah. Yeah, McSweeney, I think, needs the ground to soften up severely. Um, we've seen a lot of his best form, including last time, and when winning the Burton Futurity on heavy and soft ground. Um, it, maybe that stamina test over a mile, he needed that, that ground underneath him, and he has a fair few lengths to, to catch up with Bolshoi Ballet, but he may have just needed that first time out. He was campaigning strongly as a two-year-old um, over seven furlong, and the step up to the mile as his last run seemed to seem to his best effect. Um I thought after he won the Guineas that he'll go very close in the derby, but the closer to the race I'm getting, the, the slight bit worried I am. We've had a bit of a heat wave in the past week, and that's probably not what the connections of Max Sweeney really wanted to see, and would be a slight little bit of a worry for me. Um, but I think, I'm presuming that Kevin Manning is going to be coming over to ride him. Um, I think his stamina will hold out. He will stay this distance, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I can understand why he's that price. But with ground conditions going against him, he might just find it a little bit too quick. And, and, and looking in behind, like Yamahafa um, has a better form on good ground, but at a lower level in comparison to Max Sweeney, who's got who's got a lot of soft, heavy ground form at, 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 at this sort of level. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, mate, I, 
I, I take on board everything you say. You mentioned Mahathir then, Jim. Three out of three this season. Ridiculously easy winner of the new market stakes on Guinea's weekend, a, a decent listed race. How much do you think that's form's worth, though, Jim? I mean, the horses he beat there that could all things secret protect a decent form of him finished placed in the field and stakes at the Craven meeting earlier in the year, but was he the only horse that kind of anything went right for that day? That that being said, was it just so good that every you know, even if everything else had run to form, he'd have still wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good, but I feel like he still needs to step up again. Um, I know he's three out of three as a three-year-old, um, but I, I do feel like that was a bit of a whaff race last time. And I know he did what he had to do. He beat him by five lengths, but I'd still be pretty much against him here. Um, I, th- I think it's a really, really difficult race because you keep looking at other horses in behind to try and beat Bolshoi Ballet. And you just keep banging your head against the walls with, with certain ones. Hurricane Lane's a horse that I think will probably be in the front three in this. I really like what he did in the Dante. Um, he came wide and stayed on strongly towards the end and gave me the impression that he will want a mile and four. Um, he's not been on a track similar to Epsom, which would be a slight worry. Um, but I'm sure that Godolphin will have tried him around there already uh, around a track similar or been for a little work practice before um, his form wasn't bad um, prior to that either, he, he, Maximal's not a bad horse and I think he's entered in the Diamond Stakes uh, at the meeting as well and Tasman Bay had bumped into John Leeper last time who opposes here with the sort of Tom Marquandesque with English King last year, he got chucked off for Frankie Di Tari, um, and Adam Kirby's this time has been chucked off for John Leeper. But if you think about it, Adam Kirby's never ridden John Leeper before, so I thought it'd be logical for like, Holly Doyle, for example, to pick up a rider. We all know that William Buick probably won't be because of his Godolphin um, links, but I thought it was an odd appointment in the first place for, with Adam Kirby. I don't know about you, Lee. Uh, I was uh, very much a defender of English King's connections last season because there was no sort of prior agreement with Mark Hunt mm. that he would ride English King. You know, he, he he rode him in the trial, you know, and for me, like I say, I I, I got the stats of jockeys. Uh, having their first ride in the derby, I put that on Twitter last year. I, I don't have it to hand with me at the minute, but pretty much every single uh, household name jockey going back to the 80s when you know you likes of Mickey Nan, you know, and Kevin Manning were having their first rides. Not one of them went off on a single uh, on a not, not sorry, not one of them rode a horse that went off a single figure price. Never mind the favourite, you know, even even Joseph O'Brien. His first ride was on Memphis, Tennessee, you know, who was a, you know, was ridden as a pacemaker in Paul Moir's derby. You know, so even, even jockeys who have had loads of ammunition behind them, you know, had their first derby ride as an outsider. It's not like you can have another go next year like the Gold Cup, you know, so I completely understand that, uh, any connection would want would want the best available, and there aren't better than, there aren't anyone better than Frankie really. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And Josh Josh Wright backed that up by putting some stats on Twitter earlier. But since two thousand and eight, Frankie Dittori has ridden fifty five domestic Group One winners to Adam Kirby's eight, and nineteen Epsom winners to Adam Kirby's nine. Now, he's, him and Ryan Moore are still streets ahead of other jockeys, and. This isn't to say that John Leeper's going to win because I I think he's going to be over bet on the day. And I think in the build-up to this race now that Frankie's aboard. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I want him to do really well because Snow Fairy was an absolute dude. Uh, is an absolute dude. Um, and I think he was fortunate in the, how the race sort of set up. 
Mark William Buick give him a really good ride and um his keenness was slightly worry me here. He was very keen that day. Breakfast with the stars from what I saw, he settled a lot better, which was good to see. Um but I'm I'm, I'm wary of John Leaper here. I think he could be a slight bit over bet and or slightly over hyped for what he's done so far. Um with a horse that's won the Dante uh, against a decent field in the lineup, and I, I, I think that he could be, and he is already slightly over bet. I, I, I agree with a lot of what you say there, Jim. But in terms of, I guess, barring Bolshoi Ballard, who, by the way, Time Farm already have as the best three-year-old in Europe. After winning the Guineas, they have Bolshoi Ballard ranked above all Guineas winners. Uh, is that John Leaper? I guess looks like the horse who should have most to come if doing his job properly. Do you know what I mean? Max Sweeney knows how to be a racehorse already. You know what I mean? John Leaper's been doing what he's what he's doing. You know, with his shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> what a great analogy. So, you know, I, I, I can kind of understand that. And what I didn't mention is, I, I, like I say, you brought, you know, you talked about Josh Wright uh, bringing up the stats with Frankie and Kirby. I am a little bit more on the, uh, on the fence with this one. Look, it's boring. No one, no one wants to talk about jockey bookings, you know, or overreg it because like, see, things like this happen every day of the week, you know. If it's at Hexham, there's no one, no one else. But I guess when it, you know, when it's been publicised, you know, Adam Kirby did an interview on Nick Look on the Nick Look podcast last week, talking about he's going to ride John Leaper. He is already uh, down on all the at the races sites, as jocked up on him. That's kind of where I feel like it's a little bit different because an agreement has been made, and therefore I have more sympathy. Uh, to Kirby in this situation than I do with Tom Marcond last year and who was in a similar-ish boat. Uh, because I guess I, I guess if, if as was expected Aidan was going to have run high definition he'd have been Frankie's ride and Aidan <laughs> O'Brien's decision has just kind of seen Adam Kirby as collateral hasn't it? Hasn't it? Um, I find it strange that you, you spoke about, you know, Aidan O'Brien earlier. The old, you know, the only year he's had one other runner in the derby. He's also named targets for all, all of the other horses, which I found strange because when I first heard that, you know, Aidan said he's only going to run Bolshoi, my idea was, oh, this is a bluff. There'll at yeah. least be one more. There'll at least be one more. It might not be the big ones. Uh, you know, Van Gogh going to France makes sense. High definition, given he's had an interrupted preparation, makes sense. You know, but I'd have expected, like, you know, the Mediterranean to rock up maybe as a pacemaker. Not Kiprios as a pacemaker. He won't be quick enough to make the pace in the derby. And sending him to the Queen's Vars, which makes sense because he looks like an absolute boat. He'll be in Australia this time next year uh, and probably winning over seven furlongs over there. Uh, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? And that's why I just... It's kind of set me on a bit of a curveball because I don't like it, Jim. I don't like the idea. If you if you can set things up for yourself, if you're Mr. Aidan O'Brien and you won the race last year with your pacemaker, right, why not put one in? You know, yeah, it, 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 because it does matter, you know. JP, JP McManus does it in Champion Hurdles. And that's it's far less important there than it is to me in a race like the Derby. Hmm. You know, it's it's sent me a bit west that I think Bolshoi Ballet is is the best horse in the race, and I I just I I might be wrong, and I think it is look probably uh, more likely than not that Bolshoi Ballet will be the only runner from Ballydale, but I wouldn't rule it out entirely that he might just leave one more in. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I, I think he'd be slightly confusing. I, I know his crop of three yards aren't as good as this year is probably what they've been for the last ten years, and maybe that shows that we've been fortunate in the horses that he's produced. But to to just have the one would really throw the cat out of the out of the bag. Well, mate, were, were any of them that good at two? Were there any good two-year-old colts last season? And no. I, I said that as a, a little bit of a caveat because I really, really like puts up Max Basilica did at, uh, at Longchamp, but he was beaten three times at two. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it was a, it was a. I guess it's already a fairly mediocre crop in terms of. Uh, like I said, Timeform have the Derringstown Derby trial winner above any of the Guineas winners. You know, what we've seen, the form, I guess, we've seen carried over from the two-year-old who had a lot of racing at two and early season three-year-olds just hasn't been great. Uh, you've talked about Hurricane Lane, Jim, and he's one that I kind of think is the wrong price. I'd have him second fav. Yeah, like I said, I think in comparison to John Leeper, he brings a lot more form to the book. Um, good performance in the Dante. He was kept wide earlier on and um, he, he slowly gathered momentum as, as William Buick pulled him out wide and he, he just got got there and led in the final 100 yards or so. Um, high definition was, the wheels were spinning but he wasn't going anywhere and Magellan is is a consistent sort of horse. He he ran consistently in, in races as a two year old, and he he'd won a uh, the Buridan beaten Legion of Honor, who didn't run too badly in the Guineas. So I think the form and the farming behind isn't bad at all. Like Gear Up won a Group One as a two year old, and he also lines up here. And I think if the ground was to go a bit softer, gear up could be a big old price that you could be looking at because I, I thought he had a cracking chance in the uh, Dante and I was very, very disappointed. He may have needed that, but it'd be a risk going into the derby in this uh, after that run. He's been beaten by a few of these and that would be an issue with gear up. But if the ground was to go soft, he'd be... He'd be back into the equation for me. I, I think he's going to be a decent horse, and I, I think there's races to be won with gear up. Yeah, I like Hurricane. I think he seems like a very, very straightforward, uh, adaptable colt. Has a nice way of going about himself, and yeah, he's like I say, I, I find him quite hard to knock out of the frame. We've touched on all the major. Uh, well, all, I guess all the horses at single-figure prices, Jim, those at slightly bigger odds, like you say, we don't expect high definition to turn up. Third realm on the Linfield Derby trial, Jim. Uh, what do you make of him? Yeah, I, I thought it was one of the best performances in a Derby trial going into the race. And obviously Linfield's nearly like, um, nearly like Epsom, so a, a bit of a decent trial as in the trackies and the way and the way it goes round. But as I think you've always said this, that Anthony Van Dyke's the only horse that's really come out from the Derby, Lingfield Derby child to come out any strong. Well, that's, that, that's, to be fair, Jim, that, that's my theory for the old Bryant. Uh, right. It's not I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't apply that everything. I, I tend to, I, I think they kind of use that as a little bit more of a sighter than they do the other trials. And it's, I don't think it's ever there. Number one at the centre infield, um, as it was this year, you know, big slow Kiprios. <laughs> yeah, so, but the form of that, uh, I don't think he's anything to be shouting about, but he won fairly comfortably in the end, and um, he's quite clearly on the upgrade, um, winning his last two starts out of his three. Um, and I, I, I could see him running well, but. I think he needs to take a significant step forward. Southern Lights is a horse I like. Um, and I thought he was slightly unlucky in the Derrystown. I know Bolshoi Ballet was pulling streets ahead of him, but he just couldn't get a run late on. And he was he was closing with two furlongs to go under pressure. All a bit he wouldn't have got to Bolshoi Ballet. Um, but I would have think he, I would have thought he would have finished second. 
Um, he was flying home and just got stuck on the inside late on. So his price has shortened significantly since the news of the O'Brien runners. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if he could find a little bit more improvement over a mile and four. Um, but the price is a little bit short for me at the minute. He was about 50s, I think, the other day. Um, but now, with all this Aidan O'Brien shake about, he's, he's shortened significantly. Yeah, that's that's fair, mate. Uh, I, I, I guess for me, Third Realm look, looks like a horse who, who still has a little bit more to work on. You know, I, I expect him to probably be rated higher in August than he is now. Mm. You know, which, which is a bit, of a, a bit of an obvious thing to say, given you know he's only on the three starts and he's very upwardly mobile. But yeah, like he's he, he's he's one I'd, I'd I'd be willing to keep on side of maybe if not for Saturday. But look, looks a nice enough horse. The one that stuck out to me, Jim, as being potentially overpriced, is uh, one ruler. What a, what a strange couple of months of this horse without him ever really doing anything, you know. Somehow ended up anti-post favourite for the Guineas. Drifted back out to ten to one on the day. Now he's uh, twenty-eight to one to win the Derby. To my eyes, at two, Jimmy looked like a middle distance horse. You know, very, very well. Do you remember his damn Fintre, who very yeah, nearly yeah. won some chariot for Andre Fab? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, you know, out of Fintre by the Barway, beautiful bread. It's not one that. And it screams out and out stamina, you know, Fintry was, was a miler, but, you know, you'd be, you'd be, I'd be confident enough this lad will get, will get a mile and a half. And I thought he, again, just ran in the guineas like a horse who wanted a little bit further and a little bit of a slow pace train. I don't think he should be 28 to 1, mate. Interesting case, you mate. I had, I've got severe stamina doubts. I know he was campaigning mostly as a seven, Furlong horse as a two-year-old and uh, stepping up to the mile. <sighs> he showed more improvement, but then stepping up again over this distance, over this course, will he have the will he have the cojones to to go through and and run a good race? I'm be slightly questionable about, but at twenty-eight to one, I couldn't really put you off. The Chester Vars winner, Jim, you spirit. Fairly well exposed at two, I guess. Although exposed has been no more appreciated the step up to a mile and a half. <laughs> was it a poor race though? Very poor race, I think. I think Sandhurst uh, is another one that will be joining the Australian ranks soon. Fancy Man didn't do a lot for the form in the fairway. Um, and Worko was disappointing after running a cracker in the Blue Ribbon trial. Um, so I've got a few question marks about that race um, but we saw the same connections with uh, with oh the horse just escaped me in last year's second same connections Khalifa Sat that's the one um, who we were confident of finishing in the placings with um, run a cracker yeah, we, we got a 66 on second last year didn't we I think we did um, so hopefully he'll run a good race as well. It's, a, it's an intriguing race because if Bolshoi Ballet doesn't doesn't perform, there's some big old pricing behind that could cause a serious upset. Yeah, a day has in there for uh, Godolphin runner-up in the Derby trials, well the classic trials I guess at Sandown and Lingfield. And we've not yet mentioned this, the super likable Lone Eagle of Martin Mead who's in there at forty to one, won the Zetland Stakes. Last season, and won the cockered hat on his latest start. Uh, did that really, really easily. Turned the form around with Yubia from his seasonal debut. Again, hard to see him being a genuine Group One horse at this stage, Jim. But he's a really, really likable creature. Yeah, he's so consistent last season, wasn't he? And um, it was nice to see him bounce back in that. Um, given a no-nonsense ride from the front, which he didn't get in the classic trial early on, which I was hoping that he would, and um, I think another step up in trip here will see him. So he's a, like you said, he's a likable horse, but I don't think he's a Group One horse. Yeah, there's also 150 to one Mojo Star placed uh, on both his starts at Newbury. 
Not by far, even he's only been beaten by good horses. He, he's probably yeah, going to end up being a, a 90 plus animal in time, but won't be winning a derby. And yeah, Luke Minobo, sorry, who beat him last time, absolutely bolted up tonight at Kempton, and I think he's a serious animal. If he was chucked into this, um, I know he isn't because he ran today, but I, I think Minobo could be a decent prospect for a Godolphin team, and he beat Mojo Star last time. Sorry, Lewis, to interrupt. Yeah, and obviously Luke Comer has a Seattle sound in there at 250 to 1. Jim? We know this to a one-pound level stake, Jim. One-pound level stake in three-year-old turf races. Luke Comer is plus two hundred and twenty-five pounds. <laughs> Never forget that day. No, Seattle sounds a certainty, Jim. It, I mean, look the stats. The stats tell you all you need to do. Plus two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Just back Luke Comer's horses, and you will make money. I'll I'll give you five hundred. Guaranteed. Serpentine took a big step forward last year, Jim. Last year, you know, I I like my horses finishing eighth in a Roscommon Maiden before they go on to win the Derby. You know, you know. I mean, the way things are going, that'll probably be the favourite in ten years' time. But I, good luck to good luck to him. Uh, Luke Luke Comer's website is LukeComer.CrazyBillionaire.org. Is it actually? Which is fantastic. It also says, it says, and genuinely the first word is, uh, Luke Comer is highly regarded in horse racing circles. Is he? We'll leave that, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that to Brew. Uh, one, two, three in the derby, please, Jimbo. In first place, he's going to be Bolshoi Ballet. Um, yes. And it needs to be. It needs to be. Go and win the arc. Because let's be fair, there's nothing good over middle distances. No. All the horses, apart from potentially one we'll talk about in a bit. But in Second will be Hurricane Lane, and in third will be Max Sweeney. You know, and we are with the, and we are with the first two. I'm going Bolshoi Ballet, Hurricane Lane, and one ruler to outrun his odds. And sneak a place at... Uh, Twenty-eight to one. I, I, I know what, mate. I am, I am half looking forward to it because I like, like you said. I think, I think with Bolshoi Ballet, there's a horse there that looks like he might be capable of going on to better things, and we've not really had that for a while. So I hope he, I hope he wins, and I hope he's a good one. Uh, on to the, uh, we'll just move back in time, Jim, to the Friday. We do have debts for this, obviously, the two group ones on the Friday card. Uh, Santa Barbara is 5-2 to two favourite for the Oaks. Snowfall, 9-2. to 11-2, Zayada. 6 is Tiona. 11 is Divinely and Saffron Beach. 12 is Dubai Fountain. 28 is Mystery Angel. 33 is Sherbet Lemon. 40 is Ocean Road Willow. 50-1, to one. Barley. Well, I might as well read them out. There's only three more. Save for his 50s. 66 is Lager Condon Technique. It's a classic. Let's give everyone a mention. Well done on getting this far. Uh, Jimbo, Santa Barbara's favourite for another classic. I mean, there's, there's not much to say, really, is there? She has the potential to go and win this, but on what she's done so far... Surely there are still too many question marks to back her at five to two. Yeah, I, I agree. And I I was really excited for the Phillies going into this season, but I don't think the thousand guineas is going to be as good as our hopes going into the race. Uh, Mother Earth was disappointing. I I was in France. Um, Fevrova was. Was also disappointing in Ireland. Um, I'm not entirely sure that form is going to be rock solid, and I'm not sure that the Coolmore team really know what to do with Santa Barbara. Because if you look at her entries, she's in the Sussex, uh, she's in the Sussex, um, she's in the Irish Oaks, uh, she's in the Pretty Polly. There's, there's a mile, mile and two, mile and four options all over the shop, and. It's almost a bit of a fact-finding mission, and to say she's five to two favourite for this, 
would worry me a lot. I'd, I was impressed with her debut, but I think she'd have to come on a fair amount, which you wouldn't sort of cross out from an Aidan O'Brien um, filly. But you know, normally he likes rigorous two-year-old campaigns and tried and tested, uh, as we've seen with Love last year. And we saw with Mother Earth for some aspect in the, in the Thousand Guineas. A horse with a profile similar to Snowfall, um, beaten plenty of times, but got a head in front once or twice, and um, I, couldn't, I couldn't be back in Santa Barbara at five to two. Snowfall, I thought was really was given so far arguably the ride of the season by Ryan Moore. Um, set of very steady fractions. The horses that were less experienced than theirs were keen and pulling and all over the shop and. Uh, he quickened the pace two furlongs out and he won fairly comfortably. I, I, I've got a feeling that that form on a different day might be reversed and I think Tiona will probably reverse form with short snowfall here if she behaves properly. Um, but the horse that I like is going to be Zadar. Uh, Zadar. I know, Lewis, you're going to be talking up the fact of, of Dubai Fountain in a minute. But she had to carry the penalty for winning the listed race as a two-year-old at Newmarket last time against Dubai Fountain. Dubai Fountain got the run of the race that day, um, got the right gaps, led up, led uh, with four furlongs to go, and put the race to bed before Zadar could get going. And I think just just checked in a in a stride. Um, Zayadar was and I think that just slightly put her off and I know she had plenty of time to get past Dubai Fountain maybe she might have just needed that run and, and hopefully she'll build upon that um, I think Zayadar's got I think Zayadar's going to be my choice here um, the stall one does slightly worry me um, but there's there's plenty of nice horses in behind as well that you want to roll out with progression up to a mile and four Fair enough. Look, I, I completely see the case with Zayda. I, com- I completely understand why people like her, but I, j- I just kind of, I, I, just, I don't think she was as unlucky and as unfortunate as other as some people do. You know, I've, I've, I felt like, you know, she, she had time to get by. I've, I've had a look at the sectionals as well, and they do show that Zayda was, you know as a visual would tell you, was closing the gap. And Jim mentioned there that the, the, the fourth furlong was the important one, which is when Dubai Fountain quickened and Zedar didn't really have anywhere to go yet. But Dubai Fountain was quickening again towards the finish. Both, both of them ran their final furlong, you know, in, in a quicker time than they did, than they did the second to last furlong. And I, ju- I just feel like Dubai Fountain is, is a little bit underrated here in, in this pit. And look, I think she was the best two-year-old of this lot. You know, she was only a, what, a neck behind the Guineas winner in the Phillies Mile. You know, runner-up to Indigo Girl in the May Hill, who would, you know, then went on to finish runner-up in the Phillies Mile. Obviously, was a little bit exposed, but improved as the season went on. Yes, things went her way at, at Chester, but she shouldn't be double the price of Zayadar, and I think this might be a little bit of a case of uh, an unlucky loser. Uh, I guess the unluckiness of it maybe being a little bit overestimated. It's not a race I have the strongest opinion in at all, though. Uh, look, Santa Barbara could be anything. I don't understand how anyone can have a strong opinion either way on her. She ran a, a good race in the Guineas. I don't think I don't think anyone can deny that. And she ran like a horse who would want a step up in trip. Like I said, just just a little bit a little bit short in the bane from my liking. Although that being said, is quite a lot of them are exposed, aren't they, Jim? So I guess I guess a horse with a little bit of sexiness and mystique about them. You can have at five to two having finished, you know, fourth in the Guineas and not uh, not a distant fourth at all. Uh, I can understand that. Snowfall was bang average at two, Jim. Once yeah. you. So I I don't 
get where the Musadora came from. <sighs> and I guess this ties in with Tiona. <sighs> I I just feel like I want to be a bit sceptical of that form. Noonstar Noon ran a strange race and did a lot wrong. Tiona did even more wrong. I don't know how good Snowfall had to be to look that impressive. Tiona won't win any race if she acts like how she did at York. Uh, clearly a horse with a hell of a lot of ability. Another one who's damn like, do you remember Ambivalent, Jim, in the same yeah, colours? Good do. mare. Uh, I think she was a little bit of a head case as well at times, and her, her daughter's clearly quite similar. I guess she's, she's similar enough to Santa Barbara in that, in that I can, you know, she's officially rated 100 is Tiona. That would, it would not surprise me if that was above 115 come the end of the season. Mm. You know, but she needs to learn to settle. Saffron Beach, runner-up in the Guineas. Again, really nice, seems like a very straightforward animal for Jane Chapel Hire. Adam Kirby does ride this one. Uh, Stamina the doubts. Yeah, it, that that has to be the thing. That has to be the thing, Jim. Nice to see. Say she's a new base, you know, sophomore sire. Really nice to see him have a runner in a classic. It's what we like to see, you know, new sires getting good horses. Uh, I think I may have been inclined to have sent her to France for the Diane. I think I, I think she'll get ten. Yeah, I think a mile and two could be up her street as well. Which just leads me on to Dubai Fountain, who the case I've made for. Look, I think, I think she was the best of these at two. And I, I don't get why she's 12 to one, because she won a trial for me uh, solidly enough, to be honest. Nothing I really like at a huge price. Another sophomore sire in Cody Bear, who is having a right season as well in Mystery Angel. She obviously won the Pretty Polly, but then was, I guess, put in a place really in the Musadora. Uh, Sherbert Lemon won a very, very messy renewal of the Oaks Trail. Ocean Road was third in that. And the fourth in that was Divinely, who has yes, been really, you know, really well all. supported this week in the uh, the pink colours of Bally Doyle, J- Jamie Heffernan. He's dropped up again, Jim. One from uh, five at two. Eighth in the Moigler. Only fourth at Linfield in, again, what was a little bit of a strange race. Another <laughs> loser to me. Do you think? Yeah, I think she just blew up late on. Um, she travelled the best into the race. She was cruising and once she was... Once you, she just, you could just see Ryan Moore get a bit more urgent with her, but once he knew that he was just blowing a bit at the time. Uh, he put his stick down and he, he rode her hands and heels towards the face and looked after her for a bigger occasion. Um, I think, I, I, I bet she'd have gone Fabian running, Jim. I agree that she looked the winner. Yeah. And I, I think she's got the best of the three of all, uh, best of the O'Brien runners in this race. Really? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't be having Santa Barbara or Snowfall. Oh, oh mate, I think I think that's. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call that a ridiculous statement because in form terms, the fourth in the Linfield Oaks trial doesn't. You know, I I I don't get how even even with a little bit of a, you know, the excuses as to why she finished fourth, even winning that race wouldn't have been as good as finishing fourth in the Guineas or in Musadora for my liking. Uh, she's too short in the betting on what she's done. She was not special at... Look, she was not special at two. And she'll have to take a huge leap forward to win this from her reappearances, you know, promising though it was. Uh, There's nothing else really for me to say about the Oaks. Uh, I just want to a bit, given if you look at, you know, the, the stallions of those represented by... The Bally Doyle runners, you know, Camelot, Deep Impact, Galileo, you know, Tiona's a sea of stars. I, I just enjoy the fact that they are, there's a Tamayos. Yeah. 
Like that, that would be a right, a right, uh, a right spanner in the works. He went on that. He stands for eight grand. You know, I could have a go on him if I wanted to. Well, he could have a go on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll have to be saving up for a long time. You know, for a nightly Galileo. But you know what I mean? And I, you know, just just looking at his podium, he, he gets all sorts. He sires Sopran. He's a sire of Sopranos a lot and Desert Skyline. <laughs> But even that with 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 Zayada, she's not from, you know, even her dam side isn't particularly strong. You know, she's a the dam side is Act One, who I I can't say he's a horse. I I was too familiar with. He he died in 2010, standing, and he was his, his final season. He stood for two grand, and his best son is Ocean Tempest. Who do you remember? Maybe about eight or nine years ago. Do you know he was still going? I bet he was still going. To be fair, and he was a you know a good handicapper. Was he John Ryan's? Uh, yeah, he was the grey. Yeah. What 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 blue silks, but not the dolphin blue. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's, he, yeah, yeah. That that that's the one. De- decent horse, to be fair, but you know he's by eight pounds. The best progeny of the dam sire. You know, it's it's it really, really is a very unsexy pedigree for an Oaks winner to have. So I would enjoy Zayada winning for that. To be fair, because <laughs> it, it is such a you know Tuesday at Red Car pedigree. So one for the under. I mean, I'm going to call you know Shadwell the underdogs. <laughs> But it is, it is. I, I, I guess, I guess on on pedigree, she wouldn't be uh, in the top tier of the shadow pecking order. But look, she's a, she's a nice enough animal, isn't she? Uh, I don't have the world's strongest opinion on the Oaks, mate. Dubai Fountain would be my play each way. Zayda for me, but divinely, I think I'll be there or thereabouts on the scene. The uh, the third of the group ones. Ipsum on Friday is the Coronation Cup for the older horses over the classic uh, over I want to say the classic Oaks and Distance the classic course and Distance <laughs> uh, they currently bet 10 to 11 Al Aze Aidan O'Brien runs Mario and Luigi Japan's Mogul's 13 to 2 uh Power drivers tens, Albuflora's twelves, Alpinista's forty to one. You know, look, Kirsten Rousing's got a pacemaker. Aiden, <laughs> uh, Highland Chiefs forty to one. Uh, Jimbo, Will Alazi beat the fat Italian plumbers. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Which ones? Which ones? Mario? Which ones? Luigi? Because isn't Luigi? Oh, thin? Japan's older, but Mogul's fatter. Yeah. So Would we not chuck a Waluigi in there? Uh, or what's the yellow Wario? Is it not Mario and Wario? Would you say? <laughs> not the both of that one. Yeah. No, that's not that's Mario and Wario. Uh, Alazijin look, look, looked like Pegasus last time out uh, when he won the Aston Park Stakes. Didn't come off the bridle. Was fairly, I guess he was fairly well supported as well. Ended up going off odds on. William Haggis has made no secret of the fact that he thinks this thing is an absolute beast. Uh, this is really his first proper test, you know, at a group one because as much as we laugh about Japan and Mogul, they're both multiple group one winners. Japan's coming off the back of a win. You know, no mugs. <laughs> I mean, Alazi's been beating not an awful lot. Let's be honest. Logician's been regressive. Thunderous hasn't been lived up to his um, Dante victory. Um, you look at that form in the John Porter. I don't think anything in that. I know you can Glenn has come out and won the Brigadier Gerard, but that was an awful renewal of that race. Um, I mean, he's not beaten an awful lot, but he's probably. He's probably progressed even more than I, I personally expected, especially last year. And Mogul has beaten him before in the John 
uh, in the Gordon Stakes if we cast our minds back to last season. So an upset will be on the cards. He's a different proposition though now as Alazi, surely. Yeah, he's, he's a lot. He's a serious beast. He's he's hefty now. Uh, I mean, he's, you can see the muscle build up on him. He's such a better horse now. He's, uh, now he's had another year of sun on his back, and and now I mean Japan won the Ormond, and I, I thought that the step up to a mile and five would be more up his street, and hoping that they might campaign him over a mile and six or a bit further, but um, that doesn't seem to be the case. They, they're dropping him back in here. Um, the, the brothers are difficult to to get a grip of. Really, you don't really know how good. Or what they're going to turn up on the day, and I mean it's Alazi's race to lose. Pile driver hated Epsom last year in the Derby, so I've no clue why they decided to run him around the course and distance once again. Alba Flora put up a really impressive performance at, at Ascot in soft ground uh, against a, an all right field. I mean Alazi beat the same field or similar to it. Uh, at Newbury in the in the John Porter. My only worry with Al Arzi is Tottenham Corner and the ups and downs of this track. If you look at his form, Newbury, Newmarket, um, he's not he's not exactly the, the smallest of horses. Um, the tight turns he might not enjoy, and there's not a lot else in it that can beat him on quality. But that's the only thing that are getting beat if he's Struggles to take the corners well and, uh, and the undulating conditions. That, that's the only worry. But Alazi should really be winning this. Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. Look, for, for all we laugh about Japan, and he did have an absolutely dogged season last year. Uh, got back to winning ways in the arm and looked like his head was in the game, stayed on well. But again, to me, he, he just be a group of either horses who were running over a trip three furlongs short of their best or handicappers really in fact Trushan probably made him work harder than I'd like to see Mogul's back in Britain uh, being all over the place recently with you know obviously with great success as well went and won the Hong Kong Vars at the back end of last season backed up his Grand Prix de Paris form, and, and, and look, the Grand Prix de Paris was a good racing swoop, you know, went on to finish runner-up in the arc, Mogul's Breeders' Cup run three lengths of, within three lengths of winning the Breeders' Cup turf, again, you'd call that good form, that's probably more, there's more substance to Mogul's form than there is to Alazi's really in the past uh, 12 months, out in May down though he was bad and really the Ghana even though it was a trip probably short of his best was was his to lose I'd rather back Mogul than Japan though Jim at double the price I, I, I think the step up back the step back up in trip will be in his favour Japan to me I, I think Japan will get two miles nowadays yeah. you know what I mean Japan might be what they wanted Broom to be and Broom might be what they want Japan to be yeah I mean, Mogul got his head in front last season on his on his third start. Could this be written in the stars? Uh, no, probably not. I think Alazi goes and wins it. To be fair, mate. Uh, all the others, like you said, Pile Driver just didn't seem in love with Epsom at all last season. <laughs> didn't didn't help himself either again at Newmarket, did he? When he was beaten by Sharon Priestley. Alba Flora, really progressive filly, got done in the Noel Merlis on, uh, on, uh, on a final start last season by Bart Chirocco, who's a real tough nut, and then she absolutely danced up in the Buckhound Stakes. Again, this, this is another kettle of a fish, but she's earned herself a shot at it. Uh, but yeah, Jim, I think Alazi will win this. I don't, yeah. think, I, don't, I don't think he'll need to perform miles better than he did at Newbury to win this, to be fair. No, same here. They're all the big races, Jim. Are there anything else on the Friday or Saturday cards at Epsom or elsewhere that you'd like to mention? 
Um, there's nothing on the Fridays really. I always like I always like the woodcut. I know nothing ever comes out and has a positive effect in it, but there's Did a few guys. Uh, where was he as a three-year-old? Um, Classic place group one winner. Um, I think the first four in the market in that are all interesting. I think um, I'd, yeah, I'd be interested to see how the placings work out with that. And the Surrey Stakes, Memento, stepping back down to seven furlongs after being disappointed in, in the French Guineas. Um, I think he'll go well in that. Uh, and on the Saturday... Uh, if you don't enjoy the Epsom Dash, then go and give your head a wobble. Um, Caspian Prince looking to go through the four-timer and Ornate looking to win back-to-back races. Um, it's a, not a race that I've got any particular strong interest in, but I will be cheering on Ornate and Caspian Prince very loudly. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Look, we, we don't have time to run through all the Group 3s, obviously the Diamed. Sorry, the Diamed and the Princess Elizabeth, uh, the two of them, Memora, is favourite for the Princess Elizabeth, uh, Simon and Christopher's filly. That, that's quite a competitive little event if they all turn up, posted in Azuna's statement. It's a fairly solid race. The, uh, the Diamed looks tidy as well, Century Dream is favourite for that. I'd, I'd give half the chance all there to Prince Aji, Jim, uh, the son of Izzy Top and Dubarwe. Just got edged out last time by good old old this is us who who probably reopposes here uh, in the Paradise State to ask her. I think that was a fairly solid race though uh, for one of its grade. Sabuska and Hikiki in behind. Obviously Sabuska was hugely progressive last season and Hikiki looked like a, uh, a black type horse when he won the Lincoln. So 11-2, to two, I'd give Pinsagi a chance of winning uh, the Diamond. Well, I like I said the dash is always good fun. Uh, we cheer on eight on, like Jim said. Though I, I, I mentioned him on the podcast last time, and he, he flopped really at York. But 14 to 1 again. Mon damage is an awkward, awkward bugger, but there's a race in him. <laughs> and he's, rapid. He's, he's proper rapid. He's proper rapid. He should have won at the Dante meeting with a clear run. He would have done. Already not fallen asleep in the stalls and got out freelance behind everything else. He would have won. Uh, there will be a race in that horse if he stays on a mark in the, in the mid-80s. I'm certain of that. It's just trying to pick when. Uh, the other thing I'll be to say, Jim, Duke of Forenzi is running in the dash again. How long ago was it, was it when he won it? I want to say 2010. I did look at this earlier on. Um, oh. 2013. Smooth talking rascal was... How many horses running, running a race eight years after they've won it? That's absolutely mint. I can't I don't, care, I don't care about the derby. I, I want Duke of Frenzy to win that race. Uh the Surrey Stakes is a decent three-year-old listed event on the Friday. Memento looking to put a poor run over in France behind him. He's 64-5 there. Mystery Smiles, who, again, ran quite well uh, in the Craven, but then flopped in the Guineas. Well, I guess he was 66-1 in the Guineas, and he ran down the field. Uh, is his main rival on paper. A couple of nice handicaps as well on both days that we don't really have time to go into. Um, so it's got to be nap comp time, Jim, before we can all go to bed. <laughs> There's not a lot, awful lot that I actually fancy this weekend. I know it's probably going to be a more sit and enjoy. Um, the nap will come in the Oaks with Zayada uh, or Zayada. Um, the next best will be Bolshoi Ballet and the reserve will be Alazi. It's not, nothing special, but I, I think the market's got them all right in them sorts of races. Uh, yeah, look, mine up's Bolshoi Ballet. So, you know, nothing too original there, but we have to go with the Derby, don't we, on, on Derby weekend. Uh, and that's, I mean, I, hope, I, I just really, really hope he goes and wins it. Uh, my next best mate is probably going to be Blue Cup on the Friday in the, in handicap. the Kazoo Handicap at 3.45 well done to Kazoo for sponsoring the Derby as well 
Look, everyone clocked how unlucky he was in the city in suburban. And then was probably a little bit overbet next time at York, but ended up going off favourite uh, and kind of ran ran a little bit of a poor race midfield. Too keen. Needs to be yeah. a bit. I, I don't think this is a cracking race, so if I'm honest, mate. Is that the no, victory chime race? It is uh, for Rafe Beckett, yeah. Yeah, he he's loves Epsom and he, he's gone up again in the way. It's him and Sky Defender always run decent races at Epsom. So they, they were the one two in the city in suburban. Yeah, uh, but I, I I think I think Blue Cup might have might have a better chance of turning the uh, tables with them this time. So David Manuzia, he's he's a seventy-two, so he's not he's not much of a prize, but he'd be there if you want him one in the handicaps. Uh, and as a reserve. I tell you what, no, let's stick him as a reserve and we'll have Prince Asia as the next best one that, I've, one that I've already mentioned and made a bit of a case for. The first juvenile hurdle of the season as well, I put Hexham. Nigel Hawk sending two all the way up to Hexham, which means they both must be monsters. It's a long way from Devon. <laughs> the next Tiger Roll? Both of them. Both of them. Uh, Jim, thanks for being here. Thanks for... Thanks for joining me, and hopefully the derby will sort of pull up and or unearth a cracking three-year-old. That's what we want, lads. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening as well. Thanks to rating the races for all the support, and we'll see you all again soon. See you soon. Stay safe.